Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon here on a Wednesday. It's Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon and Ken Miller talking sports with you over the next couple of hours. Thanks for spending uh, some of that period of time with us. The BMW of Des Moines guest list. We will start things off at the bottom of the hour. Uh, David Eicholt uh, covers Iowa. Uh, for 24-7 sports, we look forward to catching up with him. Busy day yesterday, Kirk Ferentz, etc. Uh, meeting with the media, we'll get the latest on the Big Ten Championship game uh, with David Eicholt at about uh, 10.30. Of course, Deuce Hogan in the transfer portal. Uh, I wondered, was it the final straw? I mean, Ferentz's comments, he mm-hmm. said it in jest right. about you know, the Padilla and Petrus who were sick and I should get the quote in front of me, the exact one that he said, but it was kind of, it was tongue-in-cheek, but I don't know. It was still a shot at a play. Yeah, it was. And if if you're Deuce Hogan's parents, right, yeah, and you see that and you're talking to your son, because obviously I would think that he's, you know, uh, wrestling with this decision and Mm -hmm. consulting with mom and dad. Yeah. And if they see that, mm, not the best look. Anyways. No, no. and you know that Deuce Hogan, the way he made his commitment, had the video that went viral. A lot of people got excited about that. He's got a cool name. Yes, he does. Deuce, Deuce Hogan is a good name, too, and because of those two <laughs> things, I think people got enamored. Yeah. Look at his high school stats. He played small school Texas football. Mm-hmm. He didn't complete a high percentage. He struggled at that. So, overall, I, I think maybe we got a little more enamored than what it was the few times that I saw him in the open practices. Wasn't overly impressed. Well, that's in kind of what Ferentz said. Here's what it said: Kirk Ferentz, uh, parentheses, joking on the starters if they were out or the starter if it was out. If it was Deuce, with all due respect to Deuce, I might have stayed in Iowa City. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Easy to, right? Yeah, you don't have to be a parent. You just read that yourself. Yeah, kind of cringy a little bit, but yes. uh, was that the final straw? Well, regardless, he's entering the transfer portal. I think you're right. I think it's more than anything. It's his name. It was, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so. Here's uh, something that you just threw in, what, right at the end of the show yesterday. I was starting quarterback next season. As they are days away from playing from a Big Ten uh-huh. championship, a chance to get back to the Rose Bowl, and a question that rattled around in my brain all yesterday. Is the Iowa quarterback that starts game one next season currently on campus? No. I don't think so. I don't think so either. I really don't, um, and it's going to be fascinating to watch. But no, that's not true. I think it is, because I don't think Ference is going to tap into the quarterback transfer Boy, portal. What if one falls in his lap? Will it? I don't know. He's not getting a Spencer Rattler. It dep- no, I don't know. No, 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 no. He's not getting a high-level guy. He's right. not getting a name that, oh, he's really good. Wasn't there I, one from the Mountain West that's, that has a bunch of acclaim that hit the transfer portal yesterday? Even a guy like that, because you've got that kind of kind of notoriety mm-hmm. and have played at a high level, you're going to have everybody after. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't see Kirk swimming in those waters. Yeah, I wish he would. It's 2022 next year. And everybody th- else is. I think what the transfer portal has done for them. Van Valkenburg. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Right. Their best defensive lineman mm-hmm. this season. Mm-hmm. Charlie Jones. Without mm-hmm. Charlie Jones, this team's 7-5. and five. No, I agree with you. Huge. That's how big a of a difference couple of running backs over the last couple of years. Absolutely. But those were very under-the-radar uh-huh. 
perfect situation had to go right, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. I, I, I don't see him, not even the Spencer Rattlers of the world, but a kid that, you know, he's a good player in Conference USA. And Auburn's also interested. And, da, 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 and Iowa says, eh, we got our guy. Yeah, I think he's got his binky. And it, it's oh, Spencer boy. Petrus. Yeah, I'm getting, well, I... I hope that you're wrong, that he at least looks. I'm not saying that he's going to find anybody, but it's 2022. Be crazy. You're allowed to. Do it. Everybody else right. is. Right. Yeah. D- t- take a look. See what you can find. If then did anything interest you, maybe nothing does. But this quarterback thing has been weird the whole way through. I mean, from going back last to last year. season. Yes. When Petrus was awful. Mm-hmm. And Padilla didn't see a snap. No. Didn't see a snap. Now, I believe in that Illinois game when they're down 14 nothing. And he makes a throw out to the flat that I think that was, was it. I think if Goodwin would have been, or mm-hmm. if uh, Goodson would have been tackled short of the first down marker, I think that was over because he was mm-hmm. playing that poorly. That would have been the time, but he didn't. Got the first down. They go down, score a touchdown. Of course, come back and win the game going away. Yet it took that much time. And then this year, the way that it played out, and it's still here we are. One guy gets a half of below average football. And he's right back to Spencer. Yeah, and Davis. I had no problem with the quarterback switch last week in Lincoln. <laughs> I, I didn't. Uh, we'll see um, how it plays out, and then uh, the off season should be uh, fun to watch. As the and it's going to fill up, folks. It's yeah. already started. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know very well that that that's coming. All right. So back to the BMW Des Moines guest list. David Eicholt at the bottom of the hour. Uh, Kenny White will rejoin us. Last week he took off, or we have him take off because we were so busy. But he'll be back. KennyWhiteSports.com. Eleven oh five. It's Wednesday. That means Cappy is here get the latest on the Windy City sports scene with our guy David Kaplan, Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors. And then the Chiefs are back on the field this weekend, coming off a bye. And Mitch Holtis, the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs, will join us just after 11.30. Sunday night football. That game was flexed by NBC. The Broncos and the Chiefs from Arrowhead Stadium. And Mitch will join us on that at uh, 11.30, 11.35-ish. All right, so last night, uh, the Hawks, the Clones, both off. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, by the way, Marcus Freeman, um, the defensive coordinator at Notre Dame, is currently, as we speak, apparently, if you believe Twitter, uh, meeting with Jack Swarbrook, the athletic director uh, at Notre Dame. All right. I don't know what that means. Could mean you know this isn't going to work out. We need an experienced coach. And yeah, this is Notre Dame. We don't do it that way. Or you're our guy. So we'll see. I mean, obviously, we don't know what the meeting is. Is uh, uh, will will come out of the meeting? Seems like it's one of those two scenarios. And as soon as if we know, if Twitter knows, if somebody that follows Notre Dame. Uh, has some information. We'll pass that along because there's a lot of folks in Story County and here in Polk County, let's be honest, uh, kind of sitting on pins and needles where that one ends up. I still don't think it's happening. I don't, e- I don't either. I, I, don't think, I don't think the resume is good enough in Notre Dame's mind mm-hmm. for him to be hired. Mm-hmm. Does that mean that Schwarberg doesn't give him a call, doesn't have an interview, doesn't want to at least see? Yeah. But it's not that he's a second or third or fourth or even fifth choice. I think he is... For Notre Dame, and Notre Dame alone, currently, he is way down on that list. How about way down? I think there's two guys ahead of him. Maybe, maybe Marcus Freeman isn't. Well, it's just look what happened, though. Just look what happened, and look what LSU was able to do. Look, to think that Matt Campbell's even third on that list, I know that's what everybody puts out there on the national side of things. Yeah. There's got to be other names, right? There's got to well, be other people looking who? around. I mean, Urban Meyer doesn't want it. Sure. And, and he came out and said that it's name, image, and likeness. That's why he doesn't want it, really? But USC, if you said Lincoln Riley a week ago, you're laughed at. 
Yeah. At LSU, you would have sent Brian Kelly a week ago. You would have been left at. Mm-hmm. So I don't know who that is, but there's got to be other coaches out there mm-hmm. that are willing to listen. Mm-hmm. And Notre Dame, it's different. Yep, it as is. Mu- as much as I don't like it. I, nope. I, don't. I grew up Irish Catholic, and I hate Notre Dame. I Brian just Kelly left it because he thinks he's got an easier path to a, a, a national championship at LSU. And he does. Than Notre Dame. Because LSU's no done it. Absolutely. And Tony Rice did BCS, it. It's been what, BCS era was the last time that Mante Tayo and... Uh, What's her name? Taya Lulu? Or oh, yeah, his, his fake girlfriend. Right. Whatever yeah. it was. A bad story. But that's that was the BCS era that he played that and got crushed by Alabama mm-hmm. in that football game. Uh, so that's the uh, BMW Des Moines guest list today. Here's my takeaway from last night. Purdue is really good. Mm-hmm. Ohio State, that was a huge win. Yeah. Uh, the Big Ten, the top of the Big Ten. And I wasn't sure where Ohio State fit. Um, going into last night's game. Pretty sure that Purdue was, I thought where they were legit, right? Oh my God, Trent. They're so big. They're so good. Like, I was going to go in there as an unbeaten basketball team on Friday night in the Mackey. They're going to get clubbed. Trent. I mean, how do you, how do you put, and that's just not just Iowa. Mm -hmm. This, this was frighteningly good last night. It really was. So yesterday we got a team. We uh, taped our TV show. We did our picks for the week, and I threw a couple of college basketball games, and I laid the points with Purdue. Uh, projected point spread is what we use for basketball because we don't get advanced point spreads, but use Ken Palm because they're usually really close to the number. It was eight before yesterday's game. It's up to nine now. Yep. There's not a way in the world that that thing's going to open up and nine. No. On for a Thursday no. late afternoon when you those lines be able come to get up. a bet on Iowa if it opens at nine. So. I'm going to go to my consigliore, Ken Miller, yes. here at the Con and Casino, right. and I need help, because I got black and gold blinders on. Mm-hmm. I hear it all the time. I can't put a line up for this game. You need to help me out. Purdue minus... No, at least a dozen. At least a dozen. Twelve and a half? Yeah. That, I, I, I think that's that where we start. That's where we start. It was um, j- just watching this team track. What's their weakness? Well, Zach Eady is averaging 18 a game. In, in 19 seven, minutes. Yeah, it just... And, and with Williams and on and on and Ivy. Ivy and the way they shoot the, the basketball. Is, God. They haven't shot less than 37% from three this mm-hmm. year. We know about the behemoths inside, and right. then they shoot the basketball like this. Stefanovic right. doesn't miss. No. No, And, and then I just think of Iowa going zone in those corner threes. Mm. They're going to hit 20. Williams coming off the bench. Right. Off the bench. This is one of the top... Fifteen players in college basketball. I don't think it's a stretch to say. I, I, Trent, it's, it's unbelievable. How many? How many? Legitimately, you know, maybe I want to watch him a couple more times when yeah. I come out definitively. But how many starters has he got on that team? Eight, <laughs> probably fair. Right. He played ten. Eight of them could start in a lot of places. Boy, oh boy, that was unbelievable to me. And all it'll take for them is a win against Iowa, and they will be the number oh. one team in the country. Yeah, they're going to get it. I mean, they're going to get it. Mm-hmm. I like the football team's chances of going east way better than the basketball team's That's a good point. Yeah, weekend. if you had to take one, and I uh-huh. don't think it's close. Football team, I give a much better shot. Yeah, because they hang around. Right. And they ugly it up, and sooner or later, they make a break. And Harbaugh loves this style of football. He loves to play into the hands of what Iowa wants uh-huh. to do. Go back to 2017. That team was dominating people. That Michigan team was absolutely pulverizing opponents. Wasn't that the year they beat Rutgers like 70 to nothing? Mm-hmm. It was just, they were playing at such a high level. And a cold night in November, they make their way to Kinnick mm-hmm. Stadium, two games away from getting to the college football playoff. And what do they do? They get in a phone book with Iowa and say, yeah, 
We'll play bully ball with you. No. No, play to your strengths. Play where you have the advantage. Yeah. And if the same thing happens and Iowa's got a chance and they're hanging around. It won't surprise me, Trent. First half comes to a close and Michigan's got 270 yards of offense yet. They're only up 10-7. What's going on? Mm-hmm. I was got him just where they want pick. Mm-hmm. Here comes the special teams play. Your yeah. guy Charlie Jones again uh-huh. makes a play. Yeah, I, I, I won't fall off my chair. I really and truly would not fall off my chair. Well, we'll see. I, I hope it's good. I hope it's good. So the college football playoff rankings came out. You know what? I was, it's completely wrong even trying to make a case for Iowa. I think yeah. it was my fan, not fanboy, but hoping that, you know, that there was that conversation to be had earlier in the week. We said, well, if this, this, and the other happened, then maybe. They had to be 11 last night yeah, for they that weren't. to be a possibility. Yep, they weren't. They're, they're too far back. Yep. They're too far back. Not going to happen. In fact, I'm not sure... What, when you look at this thing, what do you think the furthest anybody could come from is, realistically? I mean, Baylor at 9? Yes, Baylor at 9 would be the one. The last one, Maybe right? Oregon at 10. I get Oregon at 10, so you, of course, need lots of things above them. Georgia has to win. Georgia has to win. Yep. Cincinnati has to lose. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma State has to lose. And Michigan, Michigan has to lose. Yeah. That happens. Oregon, because of that win, which is still really good against mm-hmm. Ohio State. I mean, road mm-hmm. victory there. Still carries a ton of weight, and because more than of that, the Stanford loss, right? Yeah, and they got blown out by Utah two weeks ago. Yeah, but they the have a chance week, to whatever, avenge it. Two weeks ago, yeah, and they'll be playing. Mm-hmm. And another data point: How about the Notre Dame one, though? Yeah, it's really weird what Barta came out and said, and apparently unprompted made the quote that because we know that when when it's March Madness and Selection Sunday and the committee's meeting, uh, the, the, the player availability player availability is talked about Mm -hmm. and then for barda to put out there that player and coaches are you know kind of lumped into that same what's he saying is he saying that if brian kelly was there notre dame's got a better chance to be in the college playoffs should things go their way as opposed to brian kelly is now the lsu head coach therefore they're eliminated if if that's the case if brian kelly was there would they be five as opposed to six i'm starting to think that's the case yes trent i I don't think that's a big stretch Mm -hmm. and the question becomes to me, is that fair? Is that the way that it should be? What do you think? Is, is With it, Brian, look, I think Oklahoma State's got a better resume, or certainly as good a resume as Notre Dame No, does. no, not that. Do you Do you penalize Brian, yes. Kelly, Brian Kelly for leaving? Well, not even Brian. Do you the penalize Notre team, Dame? Right, yeah. the football team, the players, for, for their head coach walking out the door. They had nothing to do with it. By the way, would you have shown up for a 7 o'clock meeting yesterday? I already know what was happening. Yeah, knowing you guys gone. Uh, depends. Why would you go at 7 o'clock? If it's 9 o'clock, that's one thing. Yeah. Well, these guys are used to getting up I early, guess, too. I guess, but jeez. Yeah. And I don't care how long you talk to them. I mean, there's no good way of right. doing this, right? What does he want everyone right. to shake hands, hug? Yeah, exactly. Think about it over your lifetime, how many girls, guys you broke up with. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no good way of doing it. Exit meetings from work, right. one way, either being fired or, or you're, telling you're them you're putting your, in your two yeah. weeks. Right. It's, it's always uncomfortable. Yes. yes. And that's what this is. Mm-hmm. Hey, credit to him because he actually did it. How yeah. many coaches never did that? Yeah, and just I'm oh, sorry, I'm out of here. Yeah, there's no, there's no criteria. Well, you got to stay at least 15 minutes. You got to <laughs> answer at least five questions, and then you're free to leave. No, that's not how it works. So Notre, Notre Dame. So is, Notre Dame. Is it back fair to them. for them to be punished for Brian Kelly not being there? The answer is no. But for Barta to put that out there, it seems like they're greasing the skids. But who are they doing it for? Another conference. Or is there is there a two loss team? 
Here's the thing. I mean, uh, here's Alabama. here's the tinfoil. Uh, right. Oh, here we go. Right. Yeah. Yep. I, I know exactly where 24, you're going. 24-23, Georgia mm-hmm. last second field goal picks off Alabama in one of the best SEC championships we've ever seen. Easy to do, right? It is. But here's the thing, because I don't think they want to do this. You don't want to slide Alabama four, do you? And get right off the bat the semifinal that rematch? No, the Alabama stays at three. Georgia is clear-cut number one all season long. We've all believed this. They went toe-to-toe with them. They do not deserve to drop a spot. Alabama stays at three, mm. Michigan at two, Georgia at one, mm-hmm. whoever at four, and away we so go. So the two-loss, the no team has ever got two-loss streak comes to a screeching halt if it's Bama. There is a reason, and there were some people that believed that Alabama – because of the tight performance and how ugly at times it's been, mm-hmm. that they would drop to four last night. And I said, there's no chance because yeah. of that scenario right. right there. Yeah, they don't want them four. Because you can't move them up to three if they do lose that epic tight game yeah. to Georgia. Great point. You keep them at three. Yeah. You can keep them at three yeah. next week. It's easier to keep them at three as opposed yes. to coming off a loss, elevate them. Right. You're 100% right. Look, full credit to, to the the offense. They had to go 97 yards, and yeah. they did. Yeah. Uh, remarkable. Um, it's a fun game, the overtime game. I still think Harson Blue should have gone for two at the yes. end there, not to get to that point. But he did, and we'll never know. Um, Ohio State is out. Don't you think? Ole Miss yeah. is out. They're not playing. Nope. Baylor's the one at nine. They got a chance. They need help. A lot of help. Yeah, I think Baylor has more of a chance than... Boy, Oregon's got that win over number they do. five, Notre, number six, Notre I might Dame. say Oregon's got a better chance. Because of that. Ugly losses for both of them. Mm-hmm. One's Stanford, the other to TCU. Mm-hmm. So, a wash, if How you will. How did that happen? <laughs> didn't have their both, offense, in both cases. Didn't have their offensive coordinator, and that's something also mm-hmm. that the committee has said does matter. That that impacts what they do and how they look at the resume of Oregon. Joe Moorhead wasn't there. They're a completely different yeah, team. Sounds like he won't be there much longer either. He's <laughs> that's true. Akron. Well, does it go back the other way? Do you say, <laughs> well, he's not going to be there for the playoff? We can elevate you because of that. that. That aside, there's so many of these angles you could take. If it came down to that, Baylor beats Oklahoma State, Oregon beats Utah, who gets the nod? Everybody else is out for all these other teams that we've talked about. There's one spot mm. for those two teams. Currently, Baylor is a spot ahead of Oregon. Mm-hmm. I think that might change. Mm. <laughs> well, eleven o'clock. I think it's eleven o'clock on Sunday morning mm-hmm. is when we uh, when we get that news. So, wow! But not eleven o'clock though. It'll be like eleven fifty-two. Well, it might be two o'clock by the time they get to that. Was that last year? Two it was years something ago. It was just ridiculous. It was like three hours they stretched that thing uh-huh. out. Good God! Yep. ESPN. I think they understood the blowback though, and I because think there was something that came out. Not too long afterwards is going forward. Yeah, we're going to move a little quicker. Let's hope that's the case. Uh, oh, here's some here's some breaking news, and not um, not in a good way. Uh, Jamie Pollard just sent a letter to Cyclone fans. Pollard letter to Cyclone fans. Cyclones.com. If you want to read it, multiple paragraphs. Hard to kind of do so on the fly. This is from Jamie Pollard. I was recently diagnosed with testicular cancer. Hmm. Um, so we'll read it during a break and. Pine more on that. Four weeks ago, I started to feel a pain after a running workout. Uh, oh boy! Um, fight hard, Jamie Pollard. Yeah, and your 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 fan base. You got a lot of people rooting for you. Um, but testicular cancer and the letter that was just released from the AD at ISU, Jamie Pollard, going public uh, with um, uh, the fact that he has been diagnosed with testicular cancer. 
Wish him the very best in his fight, as I know a lot of people do. Uh, what else from yesterday that uh, kind of stuck out? The college football playoff. Did you watch any of the NBA last night? A lot of build-up to the Suns Warriors. N- I didn't see any of it. I watched the, I watched the Big Ten. Yeah. So it was late night for me. Had yeah. high school hoops last night and didn't get home till uh, is after 10 o'clock. So got to see Waukee Northwest, the new gym. Is it nice? Oh, jeez. Yeah. Jim, Jim Dewey's living in the high life over By the there. the sounds of the things, you'll have a lot of return visits there this winter. Absolutely. I mean, just an absolutely beautiful venue. And, and Valley got him, right? Valley won the yep, game? Yep. Valley won the game, came down to the end, got up 10 right away. Valley's, for me, I think preseason number one. The AP poll hasn't come out yet. I don't think the registers come out with their rankings, but they are absolutely loaded, including, here's a name you'll know, Curtis Stinson. Yes, Junior. right. Isn't that something? He's a freshman. Yeah. He's 6'3", already taller than the old man. And, uh... He's really, really good. Well, He's strong. Hang on a second. Who, 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 who's, who's Curtis Stinson's junior's mom? Nikki Weeben? Was that sister? Weeben's sister. I yeah, think. I think was a swimmer at Iowa State. Uh, I think mom is. I'm not positive on that. Front, I'm but pretty she sure. She was an athlete is yes. what I've heard. Yep. He's really good. Really mm-hmm. talented. You can see just smooth mm-hmm. out there. He battled foul trouble. Uh, they have another freshman, Valley does, in Kiki Deng. Uh, his older brother was at Valley for a couple years. A couple years starter. Really good player. He's a freshman that just another smooth, outstanding player. Stinson looked like dad's has any a dad's game at all. He's got the strength, kind yeah. of that upper body, lower the head. But Boy, he's he was a hell of a player. More of college, a shooter. He? You know, God. he's he's not just kind of the bully, head down kind of guy. There's yeah. a little more smoothness to his game, especially at this point. I would guess I didn't see Curtis Stinson as a freshman right. in high school, but a little bit different kind of game. Uh, Eli Raritan, of course, the Notre Dame commit. He was there, uh, played well inside. Now you said does. you you had him on your on the post game or the pregame post game show, yeah, and talk talking about Eli. Notre Dame is commitment, yes. right? And well, and when did he find out? Don't know. I didn't ask that. Mm-hmm. But what he told me, and the biggest thing that I'm sure for Hawkeye and Cyclone fans, because his finalists were Iowa, Iowa mm-hmm. State, and Notre Dame, mm-hmm. is he willing to listen? Mm-hmm. Remember, he's a legacy recruit. Yeah, and very quickly he said, "I committed to a school, not a coach." Uh. Said the news was hard to take, but you're told this during the recruiting process, always commit to a school. Mm -hmm. No, that's not the way that it goes most of the time. And that's what he did. Uh So I would guess, and he didn't say this to me or anything like that, but he knows Marcus Freeman you know, Mm -hmm. and a lot of that staff. So there's probably coaches that he has a connection to that he'd hope does stay around. But that aside, certainly... Uh, he said he committed to a school. He's still committed to Notre Dame. So, Cyclone Hawkeye fans just hoping, just hoping maybe he'd be opening <laughs> up the recruiting. It doesn't look like that's going to happen with Eli Raritan. Loaded Valley team, a lot of fun last night. Uh, Waukee Northwest, Sanford, the little brother, mm-hmm. Price. He was really, really good. You know, he was basically a spot up shooter a year ago with all the talent that they had. Now he's the go to guy. He played really well. Waukee Northwest came back from down, I think, 16 at one point, took the lead. They're going to be good this season, but Valley preseason number one for a reason. We'll get our first time out here on uh, Miller and Condon. We'll be back, David Eicholt, on uh, Iowa as they get set to uh, walk into Hornets Nest and Mackey on yeah. Friday night. Uh, we don't know the number yet. I think it'll be double digits. By the way, I looked tonight because uh, I thought Iowa State might have a little letdown tonight. Mm, yeah. Just because they're playing so well and they're looking ahead to Creighton and Syox coming up next week. Sure. Uh, and Arkansas Pine Bluff, let's be honest. Oof. Uh, that's a really bad basketball team. Yes, Iowa State's favorite twenty six and a half. I see it at twenty seven. Is it ticking up? Huh. Not enough. No, I wonder too. Uh, not that I was going to play the game, but I thought if there is going to be a spot for you know, kind of, not that they're going to get picked off by any means, but right. you know, win by eighteen, twenty, 
27 now. My gosh. Ken Palm has it at 30. Does he really? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, 1025, Miller and Condon back with David Eicholt on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. That's off. Now back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Here's Ken and Trent. Miller and Condon, 1030 on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller with you here up until noon. Uh, still to come this hour in about 20 minutes, thereabouts. Kenny White joins us live from Las Vegas. We'll uh, pick his brain from a sports betting perspective on what he sees uh, in the championship games coming up. Uh, well, starting on Friday night. But right now, time to talk some Hawks. David Eichold, 24-7 Sports. That's the umbrella that you can find David under with uh, all of that Hawkeye coverage. David, uh, thank you for coming on. As always, Trent and Ken, how are you? Hey, good to be talking to you guys. Uh, obviously going to be a very, very busy week, but uh, always happy to make some time to talk to you guys. No, we certainly appreciate you coming on. Of course, uh, Hawkeye Insider uh, is, is the site, 247sports.com. So, uh, first of all, let's do Deuce Hogan. What, do, what if anything... Um, with Ference's comments after the Nebraska game, said in jest, and I'm paraphrasing, uh, if the starters were both out, if it was Deuce, with all due respect, I'm, I might have stayed in Iowa City. Now, of course, he wouldn't have. We know that. Um, but do you think that maybe was the final straw if, if he was considering, if he, you know, he's putting once, should he transfer, should he stick it out? Uh, what uh, impact, if any, did Ference's comments after the uh, uh, Nebraska game have on his decision ultimately? Yeah, you know, I do think that, I don't want to say the writing was on the wall anyway, but I do think that Ferris's comment had something to do with it, just based on who I've talked to um, in the know. And, you know, not to say it was the final straw, but it certainly didn't help situations. I was told that uh, the next day, he, you know, Deuce went in there on Saturday and cleaned out his locker, and he basically made the decision at that point. Um, so I, I do think that the comment has something to do with it. And, you know, it's a difficult line, though, too, because – I think, you know, knowing Ference and I think people who follow Iowa coverage, they know how Kirk actually is. I mean, you know, like you said, it was sort of a tongue-in-cheek, and it was kind of a, oh, I'm in the moment of a press conference. I'm thrilled that we came back and won, so I'm going to be a little bit more let loose. Um, But I do think that the comments have something to do with it. It's a situation where I don't really think you can blame Kirk for doing it. But at the same time, I also don't blame Deuce Hogan for, you know, the comments rubbing him the wrong way and probably his family the wrong way. I don't know that for a fact. Mm But it would not surprise me if his family had the same reaction uh, as Deuce Hogan did. But, you know, from everything I've been told, I mean, he was a great teammate. Spencer Petra said the same thing yesterday when asked about Deuce Hogan once the news became public. And he said, no, he's a great kid. I, you know, I wish the best for him. He's, he was good while he was here. Uh, with that being said, though, I do think that uh, freshman Joey Lavis was on the right track and was probably eventually going to pass up Deuce Hogan in spring ball. So I think Hogan would have fallen a bit more behind the eight ball. So, you know, it's today's quarterback culture. He wants to go play someone who's got limited eligibility. He's 21 years old. I don't blame him for going out there and uh, seeking a better opportunity. Well, there's no trophy, as we know, for togetherness, regardless of what some people might want. <laughs> but yeah. Kirk Ferentz, <laughs> uh, we're not talking about the team up north. We're talking about the team out east here. And the emotions of yesterday, the emotions after the game on Friday, He's an emotional guy in general. Mm-hmm. I think many mm-hmm. people miss that and seem like, uh, who's the sideline reporter on Friday? Kind of missed that. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah surprised he, at that. He, he'd missed that too. But we know that, obviously, mm-hmm. here it, in it, the it state of Iowa. It caught him off guard. So, 
what does that mean to you? Is this, are we looking at a swan song? That, that's where I'm going here. I wonder if they do pull the upset on Saturday, get back to a Rose Bowl, could we see Kirk walking away? Wow. You know, that's the thing. And, you know, my eyebrows have been kind of raised, you know, when he was making the comments yesterday. And really, I mean, probably four or five, maybe even six times yeah. where he was really tearing up. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not anything I've heard from behind the scenes or anything like that. But like you said, you almost do have to wonder. And, you know, I was kind of speculating, you know, a, a week ago about this. And, you know, that's why Tyler Barnes, I was recruiting director, when he said, breaking news, Coach Ferentz isn't going anywhere. And it was about all the you know, the coaching carousel. So I kind of, you know, I kind of backtrack a little bit and kind of let my guard down. But then seeing Kirk yesterday, it certainly is, is making me think that, hmm. you know, is, is he going to do it? And the reality is I think we talk about this every off season. I think, I think ever since I started covering Iowa in 2018, I think that this has been a very big talking point. I, I have a hard time seeing it just because of everything that happened last summer. Obviously still, I still think he wants to rebuild the culture. I think they've come a long way, but you know, it, it's not about one year difference. It's about two, three, four, five, ten, et cetera. Um, and you look at the team he potentially has coming back next year. I mean, you look at the schedule and, you know, what if Riley Moss comes back? I'm not even going to say Tyler Linderbaum's coming back. Right. I think people need to, you know, right, for sure. get top five, top ten money. Right. But you look at the team coming back next year, I mean, guys, it, it does set up Iowa to win the Big Ten West again next year. Is that something that if he wins or loses, is he going to be able to walk away from that? And the thing is, I, I don't know the, the answer to that question right now. Yeah, interesting, Trent. I never even thought about that. But, but winning a Rose Bowl, what a perfect up. That looks a long way to get there. Oh, yes, absolutely. As we've seen, it's a pretty tough game to win. Uh, but certainly interesting. Uh, David Eichold, you know, David, let me stay on that theme with you before we then we'll get into the, uh, to the Michigan game and the championship game uh, itself. Who are some of those super seniors that, that, that are still wrestling with their decision whether, you know, to take advantage of that extra year? Riley Moss, Charlie Jones seemingly are two that are out there. And then I want to dovetail from that and, and um, you know, ask you about, you know, we got Deuce Hogan entering the transfer portal. Is anyone showing up at the door of the transfer portal with Dr. Pepper um, that, you know, maybe that they might, maybe are they looking for a quarterback, I guess? So two-parter, if you would. Yeah, so like you said, the super seniors, the biggest ones I'm keeping an eye on, it's, it's Riley Moss and it's Charlie Jones. I think Charlie Jones returning. Uh, would be absolutely massive for next year's team. I was going to speculate about Tory Taylor, but Tory Taylor already said that he wants that. to come yeah. back for another year. You talk about a huge win for for Iowa. I mean, it's the most Iowa football thing, right? The punter announces he's returning, <laughs> and everybody freaks out. Uh, but you know, you could argue he's the team's MVP this mm-hmm. year with the way he's performed. Um, so I, I, I think those are the real names to keep an eye on. The probably the prime contributors. Again, I know a lot of people want to say is Tyler Linderbaum going to come back. I think it's going to be a TJ Hawkinson situation. I think he's going to want to, but I don't think that. I, I think that they're just going to rip up the scholarship and say no, go go to the right. NFL. Right? I mean, <laughs> you can't turn on that sort of life changing money. So I, I I think Charlie Jones will return. Uh, I think he can do a lot next year in the receiving game to really kind of elevate his status among NFL teams. Um, and, and again, I think Riley Moss, it's going to be a very difficult decision for him because I would argue if Riley Moss had stayed healthy all year, guys, he probably wins the Jim Thorpe award this year. I mean, he was on, on track in that way. I think he was on on track for one of the best seasons an Iowa cornerback has ever had. Um, from an interception standpoint, from not allowing yards after the catch, from not allowing catches, uh, he, he was really just locked down. I think you go back to his Purdue game as a freshman when he got Mm -hmm. benched. 
after getting torched. I mean, he, his career really could have, you know, really tailspinned out, but he, he bowed back and he made a big deal out of it. Um, and, and as far as the transfer portal, I, I think it's too early to speculate right now. I do think, though, with that being said, I think they're going to have to bring in a quarterback, and I'm, I mean it from this standpoint. I don't think that the quarterback they'll bring in will be able to start, and I know it's not exactly a, a sexy pitch to a guy who, <laughs> who is looking for a better opportunity, but you got to think about it this way, and I think most people realize this. Right now, and again, this is nothing I've heard, but right now it's very difficult for me to see Alex Padilla and Spencer Peters both on the roster. Sure, yep, yep. It, it just is. I mean, Alex Padilla started, he's won games. Do you think he was going to want to go back and sell the bench for another year while Spencer takes the starting gig mm-hmm. or vice versa? I, I can't see that. And as far as the transfer portal, I think they'll get some you know, rotational guys in. Uh, but I do think that they're just going to have to wait to see who wants to come back and how many guys they want to take in the second uh, signing period. So I do not envy Kirk's job. I don't envy Tyler Barnes's job as direct, director of recruiting because this is going to be a very, very weird couple of years uh, with obviously all the COVID stuff. We learned on Friday the leash was very short on Alex Padilla. How short's the leash on Saturday for Spencer Peters, who will get the start? I think it's the same thing. I don't think that it's going to be a deal where Spencer Petras starts and it goes back into the typical Kurt fashion of we're not going to bench our guys this season. Mm -hmm. I think let's say Spencer starts out like Alex did, Iowa falls behind by two touchdowns at the half, and Kurt gets that quote-unquote gut feeling. I don't think he's going to hesitate. I think he'll put in Alex Padilla for the mobility to maybe open it up more in the passing game. But, you know, I know everybody wants to see Alex Padilla start. I think at least my Twitter consensus is kind of that. But when you go into a championship game, you always go with the guy who has the most equity and who has the most comfort and has been in situations like that before. And I think, hands down, it has to be Spencer Petras. So I think they made the right call there. Well, let's talk about the game itself. We saw Michigan, what they did to Ohio State, just physically uh, dominated them on both sides of the football uh, on, in, with the offensive line, the defensive line. Hutchinson is uh, like nothing. Karlaftis is a nice player. Uh, Hutchinson's better, in my opinion, um, mm-hmm. which is scary in its own right. So what, what's the key to this game? Just kind of play typical Iowa football, hang around, hang around, and then inevitably you're going to cause a break uh, to come your way and take advantage of it. What's the key to the game, David? Make it ugly. Yeah. I mean, it's the way Iowa's won football games all year. I think they need to dirty it up. They have to win the battle in the trenches or at least be capable of competing in the trenches. I think that's the biggest deal there. Um, obviously, Aiden Hutchinson, like you said, complete monster. If I had a Heisman vote, he'd be my pick for yep. Heisman this year. Yeah. Down here in quarterbacks, I think he is that good. Um, but, I mean, you got to look across their line, guys. I mean, their, their entire defensive line has been absolutely fantastic mm-hmm. uh, this season. And Hutchinson had, I believe, 14 quarterback pressures against Ohio State. Yep. <laughs> and you look at Iowa's weak points in the offensive line this season, it's, it's offensive tackles. I mean, they've come along, I think, in the last several weeks. Mm-hmm. But this is going to be a completely different, you know, beast that they're facing. And I think it comes down to a couple things. One, Brian Ferentz has to come up with the best game plan of his career. I, mean, he, I think without a doubt, I think with the way the offense has looked this season for as much criticism as he's gotten, there's no better time to show up than right now. I also think that Tyler Goodson and whoever is in at running back, they're going to have to chip block. They're going to have to be able to slow down Hutchinson. They can't allow him to you know, just bully Petrus or Padilla, whoever's back there. And I think Iowa has to take some shots downfield with Keegan Johnson because they have to win this game with some explosive plays. they got to get Goodson going, and they got to protect Spencer Petrus. And on the flip side, Iowa has to play sound gap football. I don't think that the defensive line is going to wreak havoc on J.J. McCarthy or whoever's in at quarterback. 
but they have to be able to stay in their lane and attempt to slow down uh, Hassan Haskins. But I will say, this is going to be a game, guys, where Jack Campbell is 15 to 25. Yeah, I mean, to. It's, it's built for the type of game uh, where he can succeed. And so make it ugly and do all the above, and I think they give themselves a chance. We haven't even mentioned Ojabo, who's, yeah. who's <laughs> he's great the first-round yeah. pick in his own right. Yeah, that team <laughs> is absolutely loaded. You know, the offensive line is still okay. It's the running backs. You mentioned you know, not just what they, of course, have with uh, with Haskins, Haskins who's yeah. been incredible this year, but there's been games where I watched Michigan and thought, hey, you know what, I, I think that Blake Core might be better. That's mm-hmm. how good. Well, he's hurt, right? Yeah. Right, and that kind of gave Haskins right. the ability to go forward. What about Cade McNamara? What do you think about him against this Iowa defensive backfield that is banged up still mm-hmm. and not going to see Hankins, unfortunately, but uh, still got an opportunity there to maybe get that uglied up and get a couple of picks against McNamara? Do you believe that? I mean, the thing is, though, too, guys, I'm not going to bet against Phil Parker in that secondary, yeah. and it's also worth noting that it does sound like Terry Roberts is going to play based yes. on hearing Kurt Ferentz talk yesterday. And Jamari Harris has done a nice job, I think, but I think if you get Terry Roberts back, you sort of just need that guy with that chip on his shoulder and who has been in those situations, but McNamara has not turned the ball over. He's only got three interceptions this year, and Iowa has to win the turnover battle. I think they're more likely to uh, intercept a couple passes than force some fumbles, which I think Iowa really hasn't done this year. But then again, when you look at all the interceptions that Iowa's had, I mean, you really don't need to force fumbles when you're taking the ball away at that rate. So I'm interested to see what both coordinators draw up. I think there's a lot of different ways that they could go with it. Um, But Michigan's been a team this year, guys, where they don't shoot themselves in the foot. And I feel like that's how Iowa's got a lot of their takeaways because they wait for teams to self-destruct. It's a championship game. I, I don't think Michigan's going to self, self-destruct. Uh, in our final 30 seconds, you're going to pull a double dip and go over to Mackey on Friday before Indy on Saturday? I'm debating on it. I think so. Uh, it's going to be a sold-out crowd in Mackey Arena. and yeah. it, you know We'll see. I think it's the biggest mismatch Iowa's going to have all year, <laughs> I do especially too. size-wise, but did, we'll see. Did you watch Purdue last night? My God. That's frightening. I, I mean, I would have voted them number one last, last yeah. week yeah. based on what I've seen. So it's talk about a big test. This is a big test. No doubt about it. David Eichel, great segment. Thank you for doing this for us, David. We appreciate you uh, for coming on, uh, and we'll continue to follow what you do at 24-7 Sports under the Iowa umbrella, HawkeyeInsider.com. David, thank you. Hey, thanks, guys. Have a good week. Yeah, you too. David Eichel uh, joining us as we talk Hawks. Good stuff out of David Eichel. Yeah, I always enjoy our you conversations. You caught me off guard. I, I love when you do that. It never even dawned on me. Yeah. If you know what the Rose Bowl means to come. Oh, yes. Hayden what was a nev- way. Hayden was never able to win one. No. He hasn't been able to win one. No. And if it plays out that way. How do you top? Well, obviously you can top it, but mm-hmm. what are the odds of it? Right. And, he's, and I agree with David. He's going to have a, a really nice team coming back. But does that set up for... Whoever takes over the job, we're going to leave it in better hands than when he got it. Now, all, all eyes, media eyes, are, are, are trained on Ames for a quarterback change, or for a coaching change, rather. Look east. I never even thought of that. Good stuff, Trent Condon. Uh, 1045. Uh, we will be back. Kenny White, KennyWhiteSports.com, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.5. Call 100 Bets Off. Welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. We take you until noon. David Kaplan and Mitch Holtus in the second hour of the program. Right now, off to Vegas, we shall go. Kenny White, KennyWhiteSports.com. He joins the program, Championship Weekend. Hello, Kenny White, Trent and Ken. How are you? 
Hi, Trent and Ken. I'm doing great. Two days till we get some some more college football and two big games on Friday. Can't wait. I'm with you. The Pac-12 uh, certainly. Well, we'll see if if Oregon's able to play with Utah. Uh, they certainly weren't when they uh, got together a couple of weeks ago. Of of all of them, and I do want to pick your brain on most of them from a betting perspective. Where do you think your strongest opinion lies, Kenny White? On these games this weekend, yeah. I would I would have to say San Diego State. Uh, they're playing at home against Utah State, who's had a great year this year, but San Diego State has dominated the conference, and they showed their strength last week against Boise. Uh, they didn't start well. They, they, their defense looked like it was off a little bit, um, and, and the offense couldn't move the football whatsoever. They even tried to trick punt play, a fake punt, and couldn't move it. Jordan Brookshire comes in, and he's probably the better quarterback of the two. Uh, Brookshire got injured early in the season. Uh, now, now came, comes in the game. Had a great game. 11 for 15, 192 yards, a touchdown, ran for 46 yards, and the defense just stiffened up. They didn't allow a point to San Diego, uh, to Boise over the last 35 minutes of that game. So, I like San Diego State over Utah State the best this weekend. I like the under in that game, so uh, we'll be in lockstep watching Mountain West football <laughs> this weekend. Well, most everybody will be watching SEC football as it just is a rite of passage. As we flip the calendar to December, there's something about this game. It just means more is what they say, and I agree with it. Alabama in an underdog role against Georgia. Handicapping, I know, is very analytical. Emotions, energy, saving, getting to use that underdog role. Does that go at all into your handicapping? And what do you see in the SEC? It does. It scares me a little bit because maybe you may have missed the boat on this game. I, I was saying five weeks ago, uh, Georgia would be six and a half, seven over Alabama, and the line was only three. And then even as late as last week before last week's games, Georgia was still minus four over Alabama, now up to six and a half. That's a pretty tough number to bet. But I leaned to Georgia a little bit still. I made the game eight and a half. Uh, when you're talking about these type of teams, powerhouses, we know Alabama's been great in the past. This is not a great Alabama team. They're 12th offensively, and they're on 8th on the defensive end uh, in college football right now. Georgia's number 3 on offense and number 1 on defense. That's where Alabama used to be. When they won national championships, they ranked in the top 3 in both categories. They're not there. Georgia's the far better team, but, boy, these points are tough. I like the game under the total, though, because Georgia's defense is uh, going to smother Alabama's offense. And Alabama's D is great, as I said, number eight in the country. So it's going to be a it's going to be a heavyweight title fight. I think under the total is the better bet there. I know that you don't have a play on the Big Ten uh, on uh, Michigan and Iowa. I want to go back to last week, Kenny, and we didn't have uh, on due to the short week. Uh, and for a number of reasons, I wish we would have. You liked Michigan in that game, and you thought the number was uh, where it went off at was just it was way higher than you had the game. What did you see in that Michigan game that led you to believe that you know what they're going to pick off Ohio State? Uh, and then, I mean, how do you? I know you're not from a betting perspective, don't have a strong opinion on Michigan Iowa this week. How did you see Michigan last week? And then, what do you see if you had to you know come up with a take on the game at least this week? You know. Yeah, a lot of times I, strength of schedule means means a lot, and you look and see who teams play. And you go back through Ohio State's schedule, they really hadn't played anybody all year long. Oregon was the best team they played at home, and they lost that game. The best two teams they played on the road were at Minnesota in week one, where they were behind in the first half, and then came out and just threw a haymaker in the third quarter against Minnesota. They ended up winning and covering. And then the next toughest team was Nebraska at Nebraska, and they failed to cover as a 14-point favorite there. Penn State was another really good team they played, 
They were with Penn State was within one score in the fourth quarter against Ohio State at the shoe. So I had confidence that Michigan had some bigger wins on the year than uh, Ohio State did, and their pass defense. Michigan's pass defense ranks in the top five in college football. And that if, if Ohio State can't throw it, they're going to be in trouble, and that's that's why I liked Michigan last week. Baylor, Oklahoma State, Big Twelve. It was a fun one with Bedlam last week. Baylor continues with Aranda. Just kind of fly under the radar on a national level, just how good this team has been at times. I know Bohannon's been really banged up. What do you see here? Oklahoma State feels like they got a great opportunity to get in the playoff with the win. Cowboys and Bears in a rematch, as we always get in the Big 12. Yeah, we have to find out about Jerry Bohan and whether he's going to play or not. He's questionable still for the game with a hamstring. And hamstrings, depending on the severity of it, could be four to six weeks at times if he pulled it. If he just strained it, it could be two to three weeks. Um, and, and I've seen guys recover from hamstrings in one week. So maybe with last week off, Bohannon can play in this game. I'm sure he's going to try. Um, I like the game under the total. Oklahoma State's defense is top five. Their quarterback, Spencer Sanders, has has regressed during the season. In September, he averaged 8.2 yards a pass, October 7.6, and November just 7.1. And he's better at home than he is on the road. He completes four more percent of his passes at home, but 1.7 yards more a pass at home than he does on the road. Uh, this is going to be a neutral game. Uh, Baylor's defense has been good all year. Mm-hmm. They allow just nine, 9.4 points a game. So hey, I'm, I'm under 47 here. I think it's ticked down to 46.5, but I made it 40.5. I think it's a defensive battle. Uh, our last game, before we give you some time to talk about what you're doing at KennyWhiteSports.com, uh, anxious to get your opinion on Cincinnati. They're four here in the in the playoff rankings. A lot of folks think that they're still in peril of being jumped by somebody, that the committee, even if they do beat Houston, uh, that they're still not home free in this thing. I'm not sure I believe that, but is Houston uh, a play for you this week, or are you on Cincinnati? No, I'm I'm on Cincinnati. Actually, uh, being at home, uh, this team has been great at home this uh, last couple of years. Uh, their home record ATS by sixteen and nine ATS at home. Uh, and Luke Fickle knows how to win games. He's forty three and six the last four years. He's twenty two and fourteen covering spreads the last three years. Um, he's just a great coach, got a great football team, and I feel like they got the monkey off their back with losing, the, not losing, winning the last game big over SMU to get to this championship game. I think it's a, you know, it is a pressure game because you win this, you go to the national championship, the college football playoff. But this team is at home. I think that's going to be a big, big plus for them. I like the game under as well. Cincinnati's twenty-one and twelve to the under the last three years under Fickle. So. Uh, both teams play at a methodical pace. Both teams, uh, you know, they're not a, not a big aggressive passing game. They they do like to run the ball a little bit more than they like to pass it. So, and Dana Holgerson on on uh, Houston side has always been a defensive coach. His team just allows nineteen point eight points per game. So, uh, yeah, I, I like I like Cincinnati. Lean to them. Not a big play on them. My bigger play in this game is under the 54.5. Selfishly, I want to hear Sun Belt quickly, uh, just in 20 seconds, Appy State, Louisiana. Uh, let's hope it's the same as the uh, first game around. I like Louisiana. They won 41-13 the first time around. They're at home again, getting three. I also like that game under as well. Uh, big under game for me because Louisiana Lafayette's defense is outstanding. Uh, talk about KennyWhiteSports.com. Bowl announcements will be coming out this weekend. This Sunday we'll know who's going where. How quickly will you react to that? And should the betters wait? Or should they jump on a number that comes out early, not knowing if some guys won't be able to play, et cetera, et cetera? 
Uh, tell about talk about Kenny White Sports, and then what you'll be doing for the Bulls. Yeah, thanks, Kenny. We have uh, you know we do a weekly newsletter, but for the college bowl games, we are going to do a college football bowl special. Uh, that newsletter will go out about a. Uh, about 10 days from now, and we'll have a breakdown on every single game. We also have the PowerRatings.com that give you the updated power ratings on all the teams. And as all the experts on the site have had a great year, we're going to do a bowl package between all the six experts where you get each expert's best pick for $99 in the bowls. And it'll be bowl games played December 28th or, or later, so you have plenty of time to get it. But it'll be the big games, the best pick from some of the best experts in the industry. We're out of time, Kenny White. Thanks.